0: Temptation will be a thing of the past. No more addictions. No more attitudes. continuing this message that we started last time in 1 Corinthians 15, I entitled this message Knowing How It Works. So this is part two. So we've been talking about the resurrection, and the Apostle Paul asked King Agrippa in Caesarea, he said, you know, why is it considered incredible among you people if God raises the dead? I mean, this has been the hope of believers all the way back is to the oldest book in the Bible. The book of Job says, hey, I know my Redeemer lives, and I know I'm going to stand before him one day. David said after he had lost his son, you know, his little baby. He says, look, he can't come to me, but I can go to him. Yes, God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is not the God of the dead. He's the God of the living. And you know, and Paul moved on to give us an example of how God uses the same mentality in nature. He said in verse 36 and 38 of 1 Corinthians 15, he says that seeds, when they're planted, they actually die. So if you want to plant an orange tree and you're eating an orange and you take out one of the seeds, you put that seed into the ground and it's capable of growing an orange tree, okay, that will live for, you know, who knows, you know, 75 years and produce tens of thousands of oranges, okay, but that seed actually dies. They decompose and they cease to live as a seed, yet when they die, new life sprouts up into a living plant, so the plant rises from the dead seed. Well, with that same thought, God makes many different type bodies, from seeds to the different bodies of animals, birds, and fish, in verse 39 he said. But then he brings it all home when he said in 1 Corinthians 15, 40, there are earthly bodies— and there are heavenly bodies and they both have their own glory. Certainly these earthly bodies have their measure of glory. We were made in the image of God, which is crazy. Where again, we were not created through some evolutionary past. Your great, great, great grandfather is not a chimpanzee. Okay. I mean, think about how complex we are. We are living, breathing, thinking seeing, communicating beings. We can walk. We can talk. We can smell. We can taste. We can reason with different thoughts. And more importantly, we can know our maker. How crazy is that? You and me can know God. Yet, in our earthly bodies, there are limitations to the relationship that we can have with God. Like, we will not fully know Him until we see Him face to face. We're told back in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12, it says, For now, meaning here in this earthly body, we see through a mirror dimly. Okay, meaning it's like, We can see, but it's a little blurry on some of the details. But then, talking about when we die and go to heaven in our our new body, we will see God face-to-face. Now I know in part, so I know what God has revealed to me, and there's other things that are not revealed. But then in my my new body in heaven, I shall know fully, just as I have been fully known by God. Yes, there is a glory in these earthly bodies, but there will be a much greater serious glory that is in an entirely different level that we will receive in our heavenly bodies. How so? Because then we will be able to see God face to face in all of his glory no more guesswork we will stand in the presence of the living god we will see him in all of his glory the roads will be paved with gold there'll be walls of jasper and pearl and emerald it's like it'll be incredible we'll see angels like by the millions it'll be unbelievable which brings up this second thought here of resurrection power. I'm going to read to you now in 1 Corinthians 15:42. It says, so also is the resurrection of the dead. Talking about us, after we die, we resurrect. It is sown in a perishable body. Yes, this flesh and blood body is perishable, but it's raised in an imperishable body. It is sown in dishonor. We live in a body of sin and death, but it's raised in glory, a body that will no longer have sin and death. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. So also it is written, the first man, Adam became a living soul. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit, talking about Jesus. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural. See, we're born naturally first. We all came out of our mother's womb, either by Caesarean section or naturally. But then there's the spiritual comes second, the spiritual. Then it says in verse 47, the first man is from the earth, earthly. That's right, we're born naturally first. A woman, a man, we're born naturally. The second is from heaven. We go into a, an unbelievable heavenly body. Yes, verse 48 says, As is the earthly, so also are those who are earthly. As is the heavenly, so also are those who are heavenly. And just as we have borne the image of the earthly, We will one day also bear the image of the heavenly in the resurrection after we die and we resurrect into a new body. Wow! This is an incredible portion of Scripture here in 1 Corinthians 15. Yes, there is a power in the resurrected body. We are sown or born in a perishable body, meaning Our bodies have a shelf life, do they not? We're all going to wear out. We're all going to die. We have been sown in dishonor, meaning, again, we have been born in sin. We all have a sin nature. Some sin a little bit more than others, and well, you know who you are, but we all sin, though. All the little goody goodies out there, all the, oh, I do everything perfect, and I drive a Prius, and I drive the speed limit, and all that. Okay, that's great. But you still have a sin nature. And I'm thankful that we have good people in the world today. I'm thankful there's giving people. And I'm thankful that not everyone is a complete dirtbag, okay? Some people get mad when I use language like that. But let's face it, some people are. Some people just, are, just want to be mean. But there's other people that we would say in the worldly sense, they're a good person. They're, they're good people. But we all have a sin nature. No matter how good you are, you still do things that are wrong. There's still times that you think evil thoughts. It's just the way that it is. And because of that, we are weak in our flesh. That's why the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 10 12, therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. About the time that you think, I'm really good and I'm so much better than everyone else, then you do something really stupid and you fall and you face plant. It's just the way it is. Psalm 14.1 says this The fool has said in his heart, There is no God, they are corrupt. They have committed abominable deeds. There is no one who does good. How about that? The Bible tells you right up front, you think you're really good? You think you're wonderful? Maybe someone's listening and you don't even believe in God. Well, the Bible just told you right there. God said it himself. Only the fool says in his heart, there is no God. You're saying, hey, are you calling me a fool? No, I absolutely am not. The living God, the creator, the one that makes your heart beat in your chest with no batteries, he just called you a fool. He says, if you can look at this world, the whole creation itself, the, everything you see, your own body, its own fingerprint, seven and a half billion people and no one has the same fingerprint. If you think that just happened naturally, God says, you are a fool. You are a complete fool if you think that we evolved out of a monkey, God says, look, I'm calling you on the carpet. I'm calling you a fool. So don't write me any hate letters. This is God telling that to you. And he says, and by the way, you're corrupt. And by the way, he goes on to say, no one does good. So as much as you try to earn your way to, hey, I'm the best person. I got all the brownie points. I got trophies. I got diplomas on the wall. God says, I know everything you've done in secret. So you might have everyone buffaloed around you. You might have everyone thinking that, oh, you're just the greatest person that ever happened. Always sweet, always nice. God says, everything you've done in secret will be heard on the rooftops in heaven. Everything that you've done where there was no light in the dark, it'll be shouted in the light in heaven. So it's like, look, we don't have a foot to stand on because God sees everything we've done that everyone else hasn't seen. He goes on to say, the Lord, has looked down from heaven upon the sons of men to see if there are any who understand, who seek after God. They have all turned aside together. They have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. You say, I don't agree with that. Well, guess what? You're wrong. You're wrong. It's like no one does good. All the time. It's just the way that it is. Yes, we all have feet of clay. See, this is the difference between God and man. Man wants to pat ourselves on the back. Oh, we're good. We do good deeds. Oh, we're nice. And see, God says, no, you know what? Actually, you're corrupt. Now, some are better than others. Granted, And some are really nice people, but you still have a corrupt side. It's just the way that it is. That's why Jesus said in Mark 14, 38, he says, keep watching and praying that you may not come into temptation because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Have you ever just like, oh, I'm not going to do that anymore. That wasn't good. That's not healthy. That's not strong. It's not good morally. And then you do it again. Why? Because the spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. Yes, without question, our bodies will all perish one day. This is why we all need a Savior. This is why. It's like you can sit there and try to be holy and pure. You know, I never really thought about sin when I was a heathen dog. I mean, when I was a heathen, I just did heathen stuff. I drank, I took drugs. You know, I got a girl pregnant in high school. I mean, I just did everything wrong. I was stealing from my employer, but I never thought it was bad because I was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I'm just doing my own thing. And then I came to know Christ, and I started to try to live without sin. That's when you realize, gee, I don't think it's possible to live without sin. This is why we need a Savior. This is why God came down to the earth, and He lived as a man, and He died on the cross for the sin of all humanity. This is why. And this is why we at Core Truth Radio, sponsored by Core Church Los Angeles, this is why we're on the radio. We want to speak the truth. See, when you're talking about God's Word, sometimes there's messages that are so sweet, they're like a bouquet of flowers on a spring day. Here, let me just bless you with all this hope and peace and joy, and let me give you goosebumps with a wonderful message from the Bible. And trust me, there's those messages in there. But then there's the other message. And understand this, you will never, ever be able to embrace the good news of the Bible until you understand the bad news. The Bible talks more about judgment than it talks about blessing in heaven. It talks more about judgment in hell than blessing in heaven. Why? because God is warning us. Yes. Does he have blessing in heaven for us? Absolutely. When we come to him and we humble ourselves before him and we repent of our sin and we're willing to turn from our sin. But if we're not, there is no hope for us. Our hope is what? In our world? Do you think there's hope in President Biden? Do you think there's hope in Nancy Pelosi? You know, and Chuck Schumer, you think our our political system can bring you hope? There's no hope there. Hope can only be found by the one who made you, and he can only be found in his word. That's why Hope is in the Word of God. That's why the Bible is a treasure chest of promises to those who seek after Him, and that's why we here at Core Truth Radio. That's why we preach the truth. That's why we bring the messages out. Listen, if you can share this with someone, share it with them. But maybe they can't listen to the radio at the same time that you listen to the radio. So, could you call someone in another state, a family member? Could you tell them to download our free app on their phone? I mean, like. Who doesn't have a smartphone anymore? Although there is some people. I was at our prayer meeting yesterday. We have a prayer meeting at CORE Church every Tuesday from 12 to 1. And so I was talking to one of the guys that go to our church. He's a wonderful guy. His name's Rich. I'm even calling him out on the radio. And Rich has a flip phone. I'm I'm calling him out right now. Rich has a flip phone. I'm thinking like, is that like is that Neanderthal phone? I mean, it's like, who has a flip phone anymore? So granted, there is some people that can't download apps. Okay. All right. So there's rich, but besides rich, okay. The other 330 million people in the United States have a smartphone, but maybe you could call someone out of state. Maybe you could get someone listening to our messages because we literally have hundreds of video messages. Isn't it crazy how you can download an app? It takes what? seconds, if even that, you can download an app and now all of a sudden on that app that took 10 seconds to download, there is hundreds of video messages with worship and everything so you could be the lifeline of giving someone an app where they could be taught the truth of god's word and it's going to poke them sometimes because we're not going to always patronize people we're not going to say oh this is nice let me kiss the boo-boo everything's fine no we're going to speak the truth again the word of god's not always what you want to hear but it's always what you need to hear but pass that message along but anyway getting back to our message here it's actually a very amazing statistic because everyone will die and until we perish we can have times of great weakness right both morally and spiritually but in the day of our resurrection when we do die when we pass on to the next life this is only for believers So if you're listening to the program, I'm glad you're listening today. But this is only for those who are born again, those who have asked Jesus Christ to come in their heart as their Lord and Savior. It's not for those who just go to church. It's those who have received Christ as their Lord and Savior. But when we die, the next life, whether it happens through death or through the rapture of the church, which could happen at any moment now, and we'll talk more about that in a moment, uh, but when this body is put off, when we come out of this physical body that we're living in today, and we put on the imperishable body, and we put on the new body, everything will change for us. We will live at that point forever. Think about that forever. That's a long time. We'll have a new body and it's not subject to being sick anymore. It is not subject to sickness or disease, nor will it be affected by any age restraints. We will be raised in honor. We will no longer have a sin nature. yippee aye, yay No longer will we want and desire to do that which is wrong. We will no longer be subject to sin against God. Temptation will be a thing of the past. No more addictions. No more attitudes. No more struggles. We will all be raised in power. This word power in the original Greek comes from the Greek word Dynamos. It's where we get our English word dynamite. It's a miraculous power, one that's filled with ability, one that's filled with abundance. No longer will we have any weaknesses. Yes, through Adam and his eating of the forbidden fruit in the Garden of Eden, we were born naturally in to a sin nature. It was through Adam in verse 45 that God made the first man a living soul. Yet it went on to say that through Jesus, He is the life-giving Spirit. Yes, Jesus has given us the promise of true life. Imagine that. Life. Life in the here and now when we come to Christ, along with real life in the resurrection. A life that will never, ever ever end yes like it says in verse 49 of first corinthians 15 our first birth is the image of the earthly yet our next life will bear the image of the heavenly which brings up this last thought a victory over death oh this is going to be sweet Sweet doggie. Okay, I'll read it to you. You keep driving if you're driving. First Corinthians 15.50 says, Now I say this, brethren, that the flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. That's right. Just a natural person can't inherit it. Nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment. In a twinkling of an eye, the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For the perishable, this natural body, will put on the imperishable, the new body, and this mortal must put away the immortality. But when this perishable, we will have put on the imperishable, and this mortal will have put on immortality, then will come about the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. Wow, what a Powerful portion of Scripture, that is. Notice how Paul finished his emphatic defense of the resurrection, as he so eloquently separates the natural body from our heavenly body to come. Now he makes sure that the world knows, in verse 50, that the natural man, the man of flesh and blood, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Just like Jesus said at the beginning of his earthly ministry, Unless a man is born again, born anew, born from above, he will not enter the kingdom of God. Yes, we must humble ourselves before the living God. You're not going to get to heaven on good works. You're not going to get to heaven because you go to church. You're not going to get to heaven because you're a Girl Scout or a Boy Scout. You can only get to heaven through Jesus Christ. We must repent of our sin Whether it's just a little sin, I just have little baby boo-boo sins. Okay, that's fine. Whatever. Or if they're big, giant sins like mine. Okay, we must ask Jesus Christ to come into our lives as our personal Lord and Savior. And when we do, Paul shares a mystery with us. We looked at it last week in detail, but yet he said here in verse 50 and 51 that some of us will not die. For the Lord is going to come back. He said in a twinkling of an eye, we will all be taken. Again, this is the rapture of the church. And let me tell you, the way this world is going to hell in a handbasket right now, the way that hope is getting lost, the way that we've excommunicated God from the United States, the way that we're killing babies through abortion, all of these things that are happening, it could happen at any given moment. So the question is, are you ready for him to come back? We got China that are flying planes all around Taiwan, getting ready to, you know, take over Taiwan. You know what they're doing? They're testing to see if Joe Biden are... faithful president who doesn't know what he had for breakfast this morning, if he's going to do anything to help stand up behind Taiwan because we're their ally. So they're testing right now to see if we're going to do anything. And you know, probably, we probably won't. I mean, look at everything else. We're not doing anything at the border. We're not doing anything anywhere else, you know? So it's like, who's to say what's going to happen? Things are demising in the world today. Iraq's already falling apart. Syria's falling apart. Now Afghanistan's going to completely fall apart it's like Jesus Christ could come are you ready if you're not you need to get ready are your sins forgiven are you going to heaven if you die do you know that for sure if Jesus Christ comes back are you being taken if not you need to pray this prayer but only if you mean it and only if you're willing to follow the Lord but if you are Jesus Christ will come in your heart he will forgive you If that's you and your desires to get right with the Lord, you're a prodigal son, prodigal daughter. You pray this now. You mean it. God will hear you. I don't care what you've done. God can forgive you. Pray this now. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I believe you died for me, that you were buried. But I believe you rose again. Come inside of me. Change me. Help me. I want to go to heaven. Be my Lord. Be my God, be my Savior, and be my friend. And fill me with your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer, email me your name and address. I want to send you a Bible and materials to help you. Email me at bible at corechurchla.com and may the Lord God bless you.
1: Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Truth is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA, that's Core Church LA, one word, to 77977.